It's Tuesday 7th of October 2014. This is HPR episode 1612 entitled Don't Forget the Refurbs. It is hosted by Anibil and is about 20 minutes long. Feedback can be sent to Nibil at gunmankinit.net or by leaving a comment on this episode. The summary is Anibil talks about modifying a refurbished Lenovo and modifying it to his liking. This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is NY Bill, and I thought I'd talk to everyone today about a recent refurbished laptop I got, which I got partially for work. Uh, Sometimes in my job, I need to service or work on or program PLCs, which are programmable logic controllers. And some of these can be pretty old units in old, dusty industrial areas. So I keep an old laptop. I don't mind if it gets a little dinged or dirty and Sometimes it helps having an older laptop, something like with a serial port, you know, older connections to get into some of this older equipment. I used to keep a Dell D410, which was a 12-inch square head. I think it was a Celeron or something around there. You you don't need much to service these, but I don't want to bring my good laptops to a, you know, an industrial setting or worry about someone stealing them or, or sometimes I just don't even want to explain what the heck all those weird hacker stickers are on my good laptops. So I just kind of keep a a laptop around that if I need to take it to work, I can. Well, the D410 died. The the fan stopped. I opened it up. I greased the spindle. I put it back together. It worked for a little while. And then at some point, the fan stopped working and it cooked the uh, video card. So... I'm sure that would be that it's down in the basement. It could be a headless box, but it's no longer something I can take and uh, use in the field. So I started poking around to get another laptop of around similar age, where I know I can use it on, on different systems. I have the connective the connections for them, and I found Micro Center and Newegg had these, and there might be other places that have these places that sell refurbished laptops. I found a Lenovo X61. Now, I've heard that Lenovo's are pretty rugged, and this, this might be good for the settings I need to bring it into. I didn't know until I got it home that it's, it's a 12-inch. It's maybe it's under an inch thick. I didn't know until I got it home that it's one of the ones where the, the whole screen can turn around and flip down into a tablet, and then out of the side it is a Wacom stylus. So that, that was a bonus. It, you know, you can use it in the GIMP and, or you can do handwriting with it. I didn't expect that part of it. The other thing I needed was, I hate to say it, I need XP on it. So I'm going to dual boot. But some of these old systems, XP is all that's going to run with them. 
Now, I could do something with like Linux or Wine or, you know, I'm sure I could, but in a pinch, when I get called to go to this job, I can't spend, you know, three hours, oh, let me go get their software and try and get it working with Linux. I, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, in a pinch like that, I just need to get to the job, do something and come home. So I'm going to, I, I got to keep an XP partition on it. Maybe I should explain a bit about what a PLC is in case anybody doesn't know. It's a programmable logic controller. So these are things that are used in any time you see any type of automation, like on TV or in a factory. You know, let's say soda cans are coming down a conveyor and they're going into a hopper and the soda's going in and the lid is going on and the label's going on. It, that's all being done with programmable logic controllers. They're sensing where the can is, where the... They're sensing the nozzle filling the soda, the, the weight of the can when it's full. I suppose, well, I'll explain the last PLC I had to put in. It was a big, like, hopper machine, like a six-foot by ten-foot big giant drum where they would load product in. In this case, they would load in feathers and, like, this kind of little memory foam stuff. It kind of reminded me of uh, if anybody ever used a disposable earplug that that foam that'll kind of go back to its shape. Anyways, so w what this machine needed to do was one operator needed to load this big giant drum up and turn it on for a set period of time and it would rotate and blow air in there and it would mix the product, you know, perfectly 50-50. Then the operator needs to hit a handle or a switch. I, I put in a switch. You can only go to one function at a time. What that does is goes up to the PLC and asks three machines that are filling, like, they might be filling pillows or mattresses, or there are machines out there that are filling product to be sent on to the sewers. So basically, basically making a pillow. But the machines that are filling the pillows have hoppers, and they need product in them to go into the filling station. So as the hopper goes lower, I had to put a sensing eye in, and if the product gets below this eye, it calls for the PLC to send more product. Now, they didn't want to put in three mixing machines and three motors to service the three hoppers. So what we had to do was we got the one mixing machine, one motor, and then I had to set up via the PLC. Let's say hopper one calls for product. It has to open hopper one's gate, which there was big like uh, eight or ten inch tubing going over to each hopper. Let me step back. It had to turn on, the, turn on the blower and get ready and then open its own gate. And it would fill the hopper until the, a set period of time that we had to just time it to go up to the top of the hopper. So I, I don't recall what it was, but it would have been 60 seconds. After that time, it would shut off the motor and then shut its gate. Now, as the three hoppers call for a product, they would all call to the PLC. And let's say hopper two needs product now, same thing. Motor turns on, hopper 2's gate opens up, and it blows product into the hopper for a set period of time and closes. The little tricky thing I had to get into was, let's say hopper 1's calling for product, and then hopper 2 calls for product, and hopper 3 calls for product. That motor can't handle sending product to all three hoppers at once. So I had to set up a little sequence in the PLC to have them sit and wait in line. And then also, I didn't want to have... When hopper one was done, it says, okay, I'm done. You can shut my gate. You can turn off the motor. But if there was another hopper waiting, I didn't want to shut the motor down and have it come all the way back up because that might restrict the, the flow of air and product and get all stuffed up in the pipe. 
So I had to put up a little, put a little hold circuit into the PLC as well. So let's say hopper one's calling for product and then hopper two, while hopper one's filling, hopper two calls for product. Hopper two has to wait for its product. Hopper one finishes, but then there's a hold sequence that keeps the motor running and then open hopper two's gate and then product goes into hopper two, hopper three, and they just all sit there calling for product when they need it. And when the product is gone out of the mixer, the guy hits a switch again, he can fill it up. So I guess you get the point. A PLC is just, anytime you see a modern system, there's gonna be a big box on the side of it. And inside the big box is usually just a little PLC. I mean, it, they used to be filled with rat trap relays and all kinds of logic relays and making all kinds of noise. But now, I mean, I imagine a PLC is basically a glorified Arduino with some line voltage relays in it. So it's like an Arduino's logic but it can handle turning on, you know, power and lights and motors and etc. So this was the laptop I needed to find to replace the D, the Dell D410. I've heard good things of Lenovo, and I heard they had good keyboards and rugged machines. So I thought I'd try it. The thing came and looked absolutely new. I don't, I don't know what was refurbished about it at all. The, the battery went up to full charge. I didn't see any scratches on it. The only thing I noticed was a slight like smell, like a WD-40 smell. And looking online, it seems that some of these had problems with the, uh, the exhaust fan just making noise. So maybe some company ordered 300 of these things and they got there and the executives didn't like the noise and they sent all 300 back and just somebody squirted some spray into them. So this was the replacement rig I got for intending to, you know, whenever I need to use it on a PLC, I will. But... It ended up being a pretty handy rig. I can't believe, oh, I should say, if anybody's looking at these, uh, they do not have a trackpad. That kind of threw me off. So they just have that eraser head. And amazingly, I hated those things, and I've actually gotten used to them now, because where I ended up using this is we have a sunroom, and this has a matte screen. Anything with a glossy screen in the sunroom, it just washes right out. You can't even look at it. So I have a 13-inch Dell. Uh, what was that, a V131? I, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I don't like that machine. One of the reasons I don't is it gets piping hot. If you have it on your lap, it's just completely uncomfortable during the summer. So turns out this Lenovo ran cooler, had the matte screen, and I figured, okay, I'll dual boot it, and this can be the rig that I use out in the sunroom. So that worked fine, and actually sitting in, like I sit in like a, just a single re like recliner chair with an ottoman in the sunroom, like watch TV or do whatever. Actually, with a computer in your lap, the eraser head makes sense because you, know, you point with your index finger and then your thumb does the buttons and your pinky goes over and Lenovo has uh, the up-down arrow keys will scroll a page and then there's a forward-back. Like in, in Firefox, you can just right there with your pinky go back a page. So I ended up getting used to the keyboard, getting used to the eraser head. What I didn't get used to out there with this is if it's in your lap or it was on the ottoman with a cushion, the speaker is on the bottom. That wasn't working. This thing does not get very loud, and I like, couldn't watch a video. I had to like, prop it up on the TV remote and like, almost lean down just to hear it. So this was the first adventure here. Uh, it's time to open this thing up and uh, try and hack it. So it turns out the speaker 
is kind of where a, a trackpad would be on a normal computer, or not a normal computer, but a computer with a trackpad, and it faces down. So I took out the keyboard, I, and then I took off the palm rest, and I noticed the speaker's just kind of in like an oval canister of its own, two wires going in, and it just kind of sits in its own little housing. So I just pried it up, and I realized you can turn this thing the other way around and have it pointing facing up. So then, well, you can see in the show notes, I'll point to some pictures. The next thing, within 10 minutes, I was down on the drill press with the palm rest, <laughs> drilling a new uh, speaker grate that would face up. I'm sure Lenovo's design team had it facing down, so when someone spills a coffee or just, you know, regular old crud, it doesn't go right into the speaker and sit there. But, you know, I want this, you know, it's a $170 refurb. I might as well hack the thing to be exactly what I want. So I made my own little grill pattern. I drilled it out, put the whole thing back together, and it's perfect. If it's in your lap, if it's on the ottoman, it's now loud enough to hear a video. The next thing that was bugging me about Lenovo's is they move the function and control they have function all the way down on the left, where I'm always used to having control. And I use like Control-F in Firefox to find things often, Control-C and V for copy-paste. I just automatically do that. Uh, hey, buddy, for status net to send a dent, there's a, well, we call it a non-feature usability enhancement because Jezra hates features. But it, he coded up this thing that you have to hit control enter to send your dent because sometimes you know we'd be typing away and you switch the size of keyboards you go from an e to a desktop back to an e and you overshoot going for a quote and you hit enter and you're sending you know weird three word dents and things so control enter to send a dent is just natural to me now too so it was driving me nuts on the lenovo so i started looking into what could be done about this Seems a lot of people complained over the years about this. You know, some people like it one way, and I suppose if you're a Lenovo user, or I think I heard someone say that this was the Mac way, but I don't know anything about Macs. But if, if you're used to a Lenovo, I suppose your finger goes right to the lower left for function, but I didn't want to train my brain every time I switched from this to the five other computers that all have control down in lower left. Newer, newer Lenovo's, they have something in the BIOS, a switch, so you can swap function and control. But this one is old enough that it doesn't have that. This is, uh, I think it's a Core 2 Duo, and it came with 2 gigs of RAM, and I had another 2 sitting around, so it's got 4 gigs in it now. That's neither here nor there, but I'm just saying, in case anybody needs a refurb and they're listening to this and they know these systems are out there, it, it's turned out to be a fairly decent rig. So I poke around on the internet, and I'll put this in the show notes as well. Someone or a group of people have made alternative BIOS for Lenovo's. And, of course, it's use at your own risk, and, you know, you're, you're, you might blow up your machine if you do this, but I was already into hacking this on this thing, so let's, you know, what's one more step? So I tried it. I flashed the BIOS. It all worked good. Turned it on. Everything booted up. I went into the BIOS. There was the setting to swap function and control. Try that. Everything works. And I got a computer that I was only expecting to use once in a while for work. And it's a now a functional computer in the house. And it's doing everything I wanted to do. The last step was, what the heck, I pulled out that 
little Wacom stylus with a little, uh, it's got a little nib, nib tip in it. And I stuck it under the control button on the Lenovo and I just started prying and the key popped off. So I popped off the function key as well and I physically swapped those. So there you have it. It's just a little tale of if you need an old one-off system, uh, a refurb might be the way to go. You can, If you're running Linux, uh, Core Duo is fine with Linux. I mean, even something older, it's, it's going to fly along 2 gigs, 4 gigs of RAM. You might be able to poke around on refurb sites and find a machine that, with a little hacking and a few tweaks here and there, it'll, uh, it'll be exactly what you're looking for and save you a ton of money. You don't need the latest powerhouse laptops if you're running Linux. Oh, one other thing I should mention about Lenovo's is XP is end of life, and seeing that I need to use this with PLCs that are most likely have a CD with XP, that's a bit iffy. But Lenovo's have a hardware switch on the front, so you can turn off the Wi-Fi. So if I need to go into a job with this machine, I can turn off Wi-Fi, don't plug in Cat5. I'll load all the software here at home, and I should be fairly safe with it. So I know I started this to talk about Lenovo's, and I kind of got sidetracked with PLCs, but this is a podcast for anything hacker-related, and I think they probably are, because next time you see a factory process going on TV or you see some automation, you might do like a little mental thinking about, hmm, how, how is that line sorting 24 cans to go into a case, or how is it looking at a product and figuring out if it's right side up or upside down to put on a label, so I say figuring out how to automate things is hackery, so, okay, so, uh, Check out a refurb if you're so inclined. If you're a Linux user, you don't really need a $1,200 brand new rig. Older rigs will run fine. So some contact info. There's always the comment section on HPR. And I'm on statusnet at sn.gunmonkeynet.net. And email is nybill at gunmonkeynet.net. See you later, guys. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.